Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jonathan Harvey, and I'm your host of the Mardi Conservative Podcast. Um, like I had alluded to a few days ago, I have been out of commission because I've been sick. But make no, do not doubt the fact that I still know what's going on in this world, and it's still crazy as ever. Today, um, I got a special guest with me. He's actually a friend of mine. He's running for um, Utah Senate here in the state of Utah. And it's the uh, District 23 when they get done remapping and playing with the uh, zones again. Um, but his name is Brandon Beckham. He's a good friend of mine. I'm actually uh, will be on a documentary that he's putting together. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to, to chat. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running and, you know, and what got you to the point where you want to run. Sure. I, I'm a small business owner. I, I do a lot of work in politics. Um, I've, I've been uh, spent the last, I'd say, 12 years of my life um, really focusing on making a difference in this state um, with trying to, you, you know, help good people get elected, um, help good policy get get established in, in our state and also um, push back against bad policy. Um, Ran a few statewide campaigns on different issues. Um, I've worked on many campaigns, either as an advisor, political advisor, or communication strategist of some kind. Anywhere from you know uh, municipal all the way up to uh, you know um, Senate, federal Senate, and congressional offices. Um, and uh, I think you know you you, you go through a, a time of this and you see things happening. And um, with me, I would say the biggest thing was is looking at our people that we have in office over the last few years and seeing the, the problems we have in our state and country. And I'm just, I'm just baffled why people are even in there sometimes. I feel like, I feel like uh, they're just, uh, you know, wasted seats. And um, I think uh, after trying to get other people to run, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and uh, go for it as well. And try to make mm-hmm. a difference in that, in that area. You know, and I feel you because uh, I have oftentimes thought about, or been asked, I shouldn't say thought about, but been asked, am I going to run eventually? Eventually mm, I'll leave it to the Brandon Beckham's and the Jason Preston's right now and, and the uh, Alina. We um, need you. But my thing is, you know, I love the fact that we all, you know, we're a little bit younger and we all think basically kind of on the same path forward. Um, it seems like nowadays that the politicians that are in office are basically there for themselves. Would you somewhat agree to that? I mean, the problem I have is you, you see people that you think are, are really good. Like I, I remember talking to a lot of people like, oh, that's a nice guy, though. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> and, and I'm going, you know... <laughs> there's a lot of nice guys out there that are really destroying the country. And and what I mean by that is you have people that get into office and they look at the actual position of power as something they need to hold on to. That's more important than anything. And they are willing to bend their principles or abandon them um, or, or sideline them for that purpose. Rarely do we find anybody anymore that actually you know, gets in there for the right purposes, has those right principles. And the biggest thing has the courage in correlation with those principles 
to put forth, you know, the, the pedal to the metal on some of these things that are, that are really important. We have to address. I mean, look at what's happened right now. We have people that uh, even in the Republicans, you know, in Congress who have voted for some of the most egregious bills. Um, and uh, here we are. I think that COVID, the, the election and COVID um, really kind of, I think, awakened a lot of people mm-hmm. that otherwise weren't involved. And, um, you know, um, I think in case of here in Utah, I've seen many people who I actually supported, uh, even gave money to, and then I've watched them fall off and, or, or just maintain the status quo. I'll just say this, John, we don't have the luxury anymore in this country uh, and, and in this state of having people occupy positions of power who aren't doing anything that we just don't have that luxury anymore. We, we need people, we need good people everywhere to run for office, whether it be municipal elections, county elections, um, state house, state Senate, gubernatorial, on up to Congress. But I don't see the answers. I don't see the results. I don't see the, the, the solutions coming from Washington, DC. I don't see that. I know we have good people running for those positions, but that, in my experience in politics, what I see is that the federal government and our representation in Congress is 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 deteriorating quite a bit to where um, there seems to be a, a huge disconnect between our constitution, um, what people really want to see happen, and what is is really happening. And uh, I think that the answer is now on the backs of state legislatures and governors in various states. And, and that is why I am I'm running for, for office. And we appreciate you for that. You know, I was I was just thinking about something that happens that happened today that I wasn't even aware of because I had other official business to deal with. Give me your opinion on what's going on now with, for example, the mandate. The National Guard will be losing a lot of positions in a few weeks due to the Biden federal mandate. Now, Spencer Cox has decided not to do anything about it, even though as the governor of the state, he runs the National Guard. Tell me, what do you think about that position? Well, first of all, I think it's an absolute slap in the face to our constitutional rights, Um you know, to sit there and, and mandate that somebody get a vaccine. Um, I don't care what area of, of um, employee you have. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the thing that bothers me is that, uh, and, and I took action on this as a member, I, I serve on the state central committee of the GOP here in Utah, which is the governing body of, of our party. Uh-huh. And I, I passed a resolution to push back against Biden's um, mandate and that was back in September. That passed with flying colors. 90%, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it was over 90%. Um, there was a little pushback with some people that were concerned about the business community, but I don't think businesses uh, should be in the business of, um, you know, just um, trampling on rights. Right. And, and it bothers me that there's people that have been in work, that have been in a certain work for a certain employer. Uh, and they've been there for, let's say, 10, 15, 20 years. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're choosing, they have to choose between getting a vaccine, which 
many people have either had, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. It's not really for us to debate, but they have their reasons and they're being forced to do it. As far as the, as far as the, the, the National Guard goes, I don't agree with the governor on that. I don't agree with the federal government mandate either. I think that's egregious. I think we're going to lose a lot of good people because of it. And I know a lot of people who have quit jobs and quit the military because of it. Correct. And I think if you can maintain a, a policy that gives people, everybody should have the, the have accommodations made. Um, and, and I know the military has its own rules of governance, but, but let's be, <laughs> these people are defending our constitution and we're going to go ahead and take away their, their rights. It, 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 it really is egregious. And I think that if you can maintain like a business's, now in Utah, because of the efforts we put in place, you know, they passed a law that, that protects most employees now. So they have to make accommodations. You know, if you have, if you have members of, of, of the military who, for whatever reason, they can't take the vaccine or don't want to take the vaccine, then we should provide accommodations for them. Okay. Well, all right. You have to, you have to do testing every week. Okay. You testing every week or whatever it is, you know, wear a mask in this area, whatever. I think that that is totally appropriate. That is something that we should, we should give people options. We shouldn't be just one size fits all. Sorry, boom, there you go. And I think not only, John, does this apply to the, the vaccine mandate, but I think it applies to many things across the board, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when we deal with policies. You know, I've been dealing with an issue, um, and that's the uh, people that are getting fired from their job because they have not been vaccinated. And um, I'm getting phone calls from people that I know within, for example, the workforce services. I've got what's called adjudicators. And then the adjudicators are the ones who determine whether you get your benefits or not. So they get a letter from the employer and employer will state we fired them because they refused to get vaccinated. Now, I'm actually working with another senator, Senator Cullimore, on, on the problem we're having now. In the bill, when, they, when the governor signed the bill, And before he signed it, he had stated that, you know what, I want an exit out for employers to terminate employees. And that exit was simply this. If if your employer can't redesignate you to another part of the company, they then have the right to fire you. Well, there's companies now right now using that to let people go who are not vaccinated, basically saying uh, we can't redesignate these people. So therefore... We're letting them go. Now, I do know this for a fact that Spencer Cox was the one that said, hey, I'm not signing the bill unless this poison pill is, is implemented in the bill. So they did. Now, not only that, Cox did not send a directive down to the Department of Workforce Services telling them how to handle this up until recently. And basically it says just do business as usual. So my question to you is, as a state senator, how would you try to uh, change that policy or that law? Would you just say, I'm going to just let it stay and let the, you know, the next election take care of it? But would you proactively say, hey, this is not fair. I'm going to change this. Yeah, I think I think uh, you'll see in my past, I've taken a pretty, pretty uh, strong stance on that. Um, I'm always going to side on freedom and liberty. And, and I, and I don't mean that carelessly. I, I, I think out these things. I don't, you know, if we're, 
if there can be reasonable accommodations, there should no there should no way be a mandate on on vaccinations. If we can make reasonable accommodations, I just actually right when you were talking, I just got a um, a notification here from Fox News saying that the Biden administration just booted more than two hundred Marines. Uh, because of the COVID mandate. That's just unbelievable that we're doing this. We're going to, now you can see how this would weaken our country, weaken our military, um, and, and turn away good people, people that we otherwise we would love to have in who are passionate about their service to our country. And now we're just saying, screw you. Uh, we don't care. Um, no, I, I would take a stance on that. No, no doubt about it. If the governor, and I think Governor Cox, I would assume got the message the executive branch uh, from when we had the hearings a few months ago and, you know, there was over a thousand people uh, sitting in those hearings. You know, I, I thought he would got the message. And, um, but if that hasn't changed by the time I get in, then obviously I'll be front and center and making that happen. I have no problem with it. I, I think if you look at um, Dr. Kennedy, he's a state Senator as well. He's got some legislation to deal with this as well. Um, you know, we we can't just go up there and and say well in the name of business uh business ownership you know there's there's this tendency i think in this state um with republicans to constantly just side on 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 the side of businesses to yeah. just give them the give them the defer to them and i think that's that's not right um we we want businesses to have to, to be able to come into Utah and to, to conduct business and to start a business with relative ease and low low regulation and tax burden. But at the same time, businesses shouldn't be able to trample over basic fundamental liberties that are enshrined in our constitution, namely the ones that are in that are in our, our Bill of Rights. Um, and and I, I look I look at this the, the vaccine mandate and the policies surrounding that as a violation of of many things. I mean our, our beliefs because some people have religious beliefs. Some people have um, just a concern, right? They, they, mm -hmm. they, they, they might have uh, some doubts in, the, in, the, in the, uh, the, the vaccine in terms of they've seen people that have had adverse effects. So we know now that there's been over close to, uh, I, I believe, close to 8,000 Americans that have died uh, because of vaccination. And um, those aren't reported. We don't talk about those. All we do is talk about how many people have been vaccinated or not. But uh, I mean, <laughs> you look at that and you're going, well, I mean, if I've already had COVID and, and I and I survived, I have the natural antibodies, then why do I need to take a risk of getting a vaccine and having it possibly affect me to the point where I'm in the hospital or perhaps even death? And that is a, that is something that I, I know personally people in this state who had you know, their, their, their child was doing fine. They, they went and took them to get the vaccine. Next thing you know, they're in the hospital and they are dead. Um, that doesn't happen with everybody. And I'm not a person who says no to vaccines. Like just, right. I'm not an anti-vaxxer right. because I, when I served a mission for the church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, the LDS faith, I, uh, I got vaccinations for uh, tuberculosis, uh, typhoid, um, you know, when, when I went to Africa and, but those vaccines have been used for decades and there wasn't political, you know, a political uh, controversy around them. Um, and um, I think that now with everything that's happened, 
some people, they have a hard time just believing that what the government is saying is true, right? When, when, you, when, you, have, when you have Dr. Fauci, basically, he's lied about several things or misled the public on a myriad of things, actually. And you, you, you also look at the fact that this administration has all but ignored therapeutics. Um, there's, there's a tendency for people who already have distrust in government to then just say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. We have to have accommodations for the people, regardless of where, where they stand um, politically, regardless of, of what their reasons are. Uh, vaccines should be available for those who want to use vaccines. And I, I think that's great. I remember the president, Trump, when he was in office, he really pushed this warp speed, trying to get the vaccines you know, done quickly. And I think with 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 uh, with President Trump's effort, he was just trying to get, you know, what people needed to get the economy and everything back going and people working again. That's what his concern was. And he didn't care if it was therapeutics, vaccine, whatever. I think we have to have all options on the table. And right now you don't see that. You see you see a government that is pushing one thing and one thing only. And then you see things happening in the news and you're going, this doesn't make sense. The White House had everybody almost vaccinated completely, but then they had an outbreak of COVID. You know, you see people who have had been vaccinated, had the boosters, and yet they're still going to the hospital. What is going on? And um, I think there's just too much, uh, there's too much politics surrounding it and too much controversy that it's led down a path where now people are just looking at uh, not taking it um, or or, uh, you know, they've seen somebody else that have had adverse effects and decided not to do that. But we can make accommodations for them. And that includes the military. Um, I know people that work in the National Guard, um, and they are just amazing people. I mean, it isn't a high paying job. It's, it's a service to our state and our country. And um, they don't get paid a lot. We need to make sure that, that they have at least accommodations made. And I hope the governor will do this. If he doesn't, then, you know, People in the legislature, including, including myself, will have to take action. I'm actually going to, on the 4th, I should be up at the Senate on the 4th in a meeting with some, I think it's about 20 senators. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up at that point in time as well. Um, and then I hate to say it this way, but, you know, I need some accountability. The problem with the Republican Party, and you and I talked about this when I first met you months ago. We had a conversation on the phone and I feel the same way about the Republican Party nowadays. Everybody, they're too busy being, keeping their hand clean, too busy, you know, not standing out, mm-hmm. makes a play to stay kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's what's mm-hmm. causing a problem in the state of Utah. Because what a lot of, you know, Utahns don't realize simply this. This is a conservative state, which is ran mostly by Republicans, except for Salt Lake City. Right. Other than that, it's mostly ran by Republicans. So when Republicans talk about how the state, how the state has its issues, I would simply say this. I'm no fan of Democrats by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but in this state, it's the Republicans are the problem in this state. It's not the Democrats. We don't have the power. We don't have the power like they have in Washington, in in Congress, in the Senate, and in the White House. So when we say we have problems in the state, you know, 
it's I blame it on the Republican Party. Now, look, we have a great economic state right now. It's one of the best in the country. Everybody's okay to take that as a credit to the the governor, the legislator, the Congress, you know, the Senate. But the thing is, you know, we got to point fingers or fingers need to be pointed and we need to get new breed, new blood in our Congress in the state. We really have to, because my own, my thing is this, how does our city, our capital stay blue for over 40 years? How does that, oh, 25, 28 years, how does that happen? I don't know, John, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, this isn't just Utah, but a lot of the big, big cities have become, you know, <laughs> encampments for the left. Um, and, um, you know, it's fortunate that we do have, I mean, it doesn't represent our state, but we do have in Utah more people who side, even even Democrats in this state, they still they still side on those basic American values and conservative values. For example, uh, a few years ago, I did, um, th- there was a bill that came through um, regarding immigration, illegal uh-huh. immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, there was a, a push that for this initiative from Count My Vote um, to get rid of the caucus and convention process and install a system like California. Um, we, we had an organized grassroots movement that's, that, that held them at bay. And then they passed this law behind, you know, they did a, they did a negotiation with the, with, the, with the legislature, some of the leaders in the legislature, and they got this bill passed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, I'm going back. Let me go back. But they, they did, um, they wanted to make, um, sorry, that's a different bill, but they wanted to make Utah a sanctuary state and, uh, for illegal immigration. And here's the thing. Number one, the bill is unconstitutional. Number two, the bill is against the Republican Party values. Um, and um, and so the point being is is that you know we we did we had a movement to to stop that, and um, and then you know there was no action on that bill, and and this is this is something we and, and I, I'm. I'm probably just going beyond your question a little bit, but that issue. That just um, means I'm learning more. Yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but, but how you said that Republicans are the problem. Um, You know, there are good Republicans in the state that I can say, and I can tell you that you don't see out in the public, but they are amazing people. And that's the reason why I'm involved. I mean, we are the party who abolished slavery. Right. Right. We are the party that cares about freedom. We are the party who looks at our constitution and says that's an integral part of our society and our belief system, and therefore it is installed into our platform. And I just, I just think that, um, John, I, I just think that you'll never get, you'll never change this, this um, human behavior. The founders knew this when they start, when they framed the constitution. They looked at how countries were ran in the past and that they understood human nature and that is that when when someone gets a little power they tend to abuse it they tend to abuse it and and they end up trampling on the rights of others 
and that's no way to to run a free people. And and so and so with with uh, with the the amnesty bill, we stopped that. They came with other bills too, but again, these were Republicans that were doing this. And I think what happens is is that um, they get in power, um, and, and the state legislature in Utah isn't exactly a career thing. Um, right. They don't get paid much. It's a part-time right. legislature. Our, our session is only six weeks, which I think is a good thing in general. Um, you, you look at you look at other states, and they're they're so over overwhelmed with all kinds of bills coming through. At any rate, uh, Republicans get in power, Democrats get in power, they they become addicted to that power. And again, this is full circle, but they end up changing their their stances to keep that power, whether it is, um, you know, uh, illegal immigration, or they were trying to stop the caucus convention process in the state. They've neutered some things uh, with that. And you, you just ask yourself, what is going on here? And to me, um, I think that it's time for those those candidates who, or those Republicans and conservatives, or those who aren't even in the party, um, like yourself and others, who who it's time for you people, for us to rise up and run for office and give the electorate, give voters a chance to see more conservative, more constitutionally, more freedom-minded candidates run for office. Because if we don't do that, then they're always going to have the choices that are presented them from the establishment, which is, here's your guy. He's a Republican. He looks so nice in a suit. Look at that. He's got a flag on it. Got a little, little, you know, he marks the checkbox for being Republican. And of course, in this state, you've got to mark the checkbox for being LDS in a lot of ways too. And, and, or, you know, and then, and then what happens is they, they, they basically say, oh, he's a good person, right? Well, right. I got news for you. I got news for you. That's, that's not the case. It's not the case at all. And it's unfortunate, but um, you can't trust just because someone has a Republican name or the, the logo next to their name or that they're a Christian or that they're your, your, your bishop or your yep. state president. <laughs> that doesn't matter at all. It doesn't. And I think that's where we got lost we, here in Utah. I think that's where we've gotten lost. And when it comes to basically being just affiliated or just doing what's right, you know, a lot of people think because I'm affiliated with this man, I see him every Saturday or Sunday in my ward or my church or, you know, my mosque, I'm going to vote for him, you know, because just because affiliation, um, so I get where you're coming from. I completely understand that. And I see it um, more and more, especially with the older senators or the legislators that have been in office for 10, 15, 20 years. It's name recognition, not work recognition. It's name recognition because most people, let's be honest, most voters don't know as much as you and I know about politics. They just vote, vote down ballot, you know? And so, I get it, but I want to switch topics really quick because you've done a lot of work on CRT. Yourself, John Johnson, and Kevin Johnson have been working hard at getting this documentary done. And uh, tell me, what are your thoughts on CRT? Because you don't, you probably know mine. So, because I was in the <laughs> documentary. So, let me tell yeah. you, I've never heard you publicly speak on CRT. You know, than- no, I appreciate it, John, and, and I want to thank you as well as. As other members of Blexit, uh, you know Gary Thompson and Shell Black, and 
you know, others who have done interviews with us, you know, I, I can tell you, this is going to be a powerful piece. Um, somehow it, 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 it just snagged me. It grabbed me and sucked me in this whole thing. Um, back in June, May, June of this year, I, I just saw how CRT was surfacing, surfacing around the country. And, it, and, it, and I saw some things about what was happening in, in, in Utah. Um, then I started researching and finding out what, what was happening here. And I noticed that the media is saying, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's not happening in Utah. Parents are just, uh, they're just, you know, concerned about nothing. Uh, Republicans are up in arms about nothing, blah, blah, blah. Um, I said, no, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to me that, that you have these people coming across the country to their board meetings and all this is just a lie. Uh, so I did research. I started talking to teachers. I started talking to parents. I, you know, I started talking to um, experts and people around the state. And um, then I passed my own resolution uh, against CRT uh, at, at the Republican Central Meeting, Central Committee Meeting back in June. Now, when I did that, I, I did all my research and I, I started seeing that this is, this is something that the best way to put it would be in Abraham Lincoln, he, he gave a speech where he was talking to these young men about uh, our political um, institutions here in the country and the perpetuation of those. And these kids were like, well, wait, why are you talking about this? Well, during that time, there was a lot of vigilantism and he was concerned that the rule of law uh wouldn't be sustained if we started going down that path and he said the best way for us to say you stay united is to stay close to our constitutional foundation uh, and then he made a comment which i'm going to paraphrase but okay. essentially he said hey if we ever get to the point where we are taken down as a country there's no way that all the armies of asia and europe would ever have a chance he said if we do it it will be, we will be the authors of it. Uh, it'll be national suicide. And I thought to myself, man, critical race theory is really the blueprint for national suicide. Um, I, I grew up in California. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was never taught about racism. I was never taught about looking at somebody's skin color differently and judging them or, or, or hate, having hatred. To, you know, I, I had I had friends or black, white, Asian, you know, mixes, whatever. Um, and I, I never thought about that. It wasn't until somebody introduced it to me, grown-ups, adult, pop culture, you know, the left introducing racism as like something now you gotta pay attention to. You gotta pay attention to somebody's race. And I look at critical race theory and I say, this is absolutely the devil's work. Um, you're teaching people who are young, who, who need empowerment, who need hope, who need encouragement and guidance and look for guidance from, uh, you know, their elders and their teachers and grownups and parents. And you're teaching them that they are either guilty as hell and racist because they were born white, something they, they can't, they had no choice in. And therefore, they need to pay reparations for 
what has happened hundreds of years ago. And then you're also teaching people of color, kids of color. Hey, you can't do it. You can't do it because you're, you're, you, you, you don't have the ability and therefore we've got to make some, um, some changes because your skin color says that you're, you don't have your disadvantage all the time. That is ridiculous. I mean, I can't think of anything that is more uh, destructive than telling a young kid that you are, are, are lost unless we do all kinds of different things to help you because of your, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong race, you know, uh, and on top of that, critical race theory teaches that the political institution we have in our country, namely the constitutional order, is all meant to prop up white supremacy. Now, I've studied the founders. I studied the Constitution in depth. And I can tell you that is not the case. Even the founders who, who had slaves, which they were born into, right. you know, they, they, they strive to get rid of it. They had a, there was a great awakening. If anybody understands what happened in the founding era, there was a great awakening. And that was a spiritual awakening for freedom and, and, and understanding where rights come from. The Declaration of Independence, the, you know, has that key, that key, uh, it, the principle that our country is based on, 100%. All men are created equal. That is the core principle of our entire country. Everything is, is shaped around that principle. Think about it. For hundreds, thousands of years, it was all based upon the divine right of kings or oligarchies. Mm-hmm. And then the founders come and they say, no, God gives us rights. We all have rights regardless. Therefore, we're created equal. And governments are established only particularly to guard and protect these rights. Anything else that goes over that, we need to fix. And we have the right to fix. And I I, I just look at critical race theory as saying, they're saying, no, all men are not created equal. And, and they, they defy the very principle of our foundation. They look, they look at the Constitution with, hate, with absolute dis- uh, hatred. And they teach, people to, they teach kids to hate the Constitution, hate the founders, hate the, 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 the amazing foundation we have as a country. Why? Why would you do that? And that makes me think that they don't want this country to succeed under that system. They want something else. And I believe it's all about installing Marxism policies, Marxism uh, everywhere in everything we think. And I, I have now coined critical race theory as what I call identity Marxism, which uh, I got from James Lindsay. When, he, when we did an interview with him, he, he said, he said it's, it's identity Marxism. And I totally agree. And um, I look at it, John, as the most important issue uh, we face right now, the most important issue, because think about it. For for generations, regardless if you're Democrat or Republican or, or in the middle, we've, we've always had a tendency to, um, everybody's kind of generally supportive of our constitutional system. You know, when the Constitution says this, we, we agree with it, right? I mean, both left and right agree with the Bill of Rights. Right. Um, but then you're teaching kids who then, in 20 years from now, they'll be the new leaders coming up, and you're teaching them to hate the system? That has given us so much prosperity, given us so much freedom, and you know, and so much abundance here. I mean, I lived in Africa for two years. I I was, I was just completely dumbfounded at the amount of blessings we have in this country, and and I will I will guard that 
with all my being because I believe in giving back. I believe that this country means something, that God is over it. And he doesn't, he doesn't do all the work. He expects people like you and I and others to, to, to rise up and be inspired to do the work, whether it be doing podcasts, getting out there and, and running for office or helping others run for office or putting money into good causes. And so when I passed that resolution at, that com- at the committee meeting for a party, I noticed that, that we were in trouble. I, don't, I didn't see the help coming from the executive branch. That concerned me. There was some pushback um, from these, some of these folks. And um, just complete like dismissing of it. And I said, you know what, John? Uh, John Johnson, uh, who was a friend of mine, a state senator. I said, you know what? We need to have a... We need to do it. We need to, We need to have a documentary film about this, so that we can tell what's really happening in schools around our state. And that means going out and doing the hard work and interviewing these people, researching, interviewing, and and getting to the bottom of it, and bringing that out into a narrative that that parents and legislators can look at, glean from, make the right policies to change the, the course we're on. Because if we don't, we are in serious trouble. We don't. We have a window, I think, to 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 nail this, and if we don't, we're looking at uh, a lot of sorrow down down the path, and I don't want to see that happen. So that's where the documentary film came from. Um, John Johnson, uh, he he's been an amazing um, person since he's ran for office. Has a lot of resources, and he started the he started the initial funding for it. After that, I've had to go out and raise a lot of money um, to continue it. But I've seen a lot of people come forth and 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 put the resources into it, and I, and it's very touching to go to these interviews and 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 see parents who are just, they're just at their wits. They're they're frustrated with what's happened. They're looking for answers. They're desperate. They wanna. They don't want to see this happen. And you just, I mean, John, I'm not even a father. I've never been married. I don't have kids of my own. I have plenty of nieces and nephews, but I feel it in my heart that. We, we have to do something strongly and we have to come back. And if that means we're, we're, we're going to have to pit ourselves against other Republicans, so be it. That's it. You know, I, um, I completely agree with you. I am um, likewise believe that CRT, it's nothing but the work of the devil trying to take and corrupt the youth of the future and bring us to the darkness. Marxism. There's nothing good about Marxism. Marxism. I don't care what people want to you know, say about Karl Marx. To me, he's not an example for Black Americans. He's not an example. He's an example of how we don't want to be living in a state that's ruled by a constitution. Um, far as m- me and the constitution, I love it. I know it. And as a Black man, in case you guys out there didn't know by chance, um, the constitution I can read the Constitution, articles of the Constitution, and know exactly where it was supposed to be heading, the direction that the founders wanted us to go in this country. But you get the other side. Somehow, in some way, they managed to con people into believing that particular article is not for you. It's for the white man. So, you know, hopefully guys like yourself, Jason, Alina, and other people that I support, at least in our state, get it figured out. Because, you know, let's face it, 
in the next 10 months, people are going to get into their feelings when it comes to voting now. We're going to start hearing about racism, CRT. You're going to hear now what the Democrats are doing. Now they're stating that CRT doesn't exist. We never said that. That was actually the Republicans. Because people don't realize who Terry McCullough is, who ran for governor of Virginia, who got his ass handed to him because he said that parents should not have the right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to determine what their children learn in school. Well, we saw how that turned out. Yeah, I mean, you you know, I had the opportunity to go out to Florida a couple months ago and actually interview those folks from Loudoun County, Virginia. And um, yeah, Chantel Cooper, uh, Patty Menders, uh, Shee Van Fleet. uh, You know, these people are amazing. I, I just, everywhere I see a sense of unity uh, around the country to push back against CRT. Um, people know it's people, people, especially immigrants who came here in recent years, you know, and they, they, they came here. Why did they come here? You look at people who come from Venezuela or, or China or, or, uh, the Middle East or even places in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they're here because they know this is the best place. This is the best place to go. <laughs> This Amen. is where you go. This is where you go when there's nowhere else to go. All right. You come here because you want you 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 know that this is a blessed land. You know you you know freedom's important. And here we have a system that protects it, albeit it's challenged quite a bit. But let's be honest. Since since we got rid of since we launched the Constitution and the country back in 1787, we have seen more increase in prosperity, more increase or prosperity, more increase in in freedom. You know, it didn't all happen at once, but it happened. All right. Mm-hmm. And every generation has gotten more. I'm afraid, John, that uh, we're at a point where if we don't do something, the next generation might not have it better. That's that's where I'm looking at. I, and that's what that's my that's my huge concern. It really is. It eats at me a lot. I just, you know. I'm thinking, do I want to bring a kid into the world when this is happening? Um, you know, it, it, it just, it, it's a huge, huge concern. But, you know, the left, you know, they want to, they want to frame the constitution as being, you know, against, against blacks, against, right. you know, it's for the white people. Let me just tell you, I'll give you an example. So number one, people don't understand this, but actually the founders try to get rid of, slavery in the uh they want to get rid of it in the constitutional convention unfortunately you know compromises had to be made because they wanted to keep the union together you had three states georgia south carolina north carolina Carolina. that would not do the constitution they would not sign on to it and and keep the union together if they attacked it uh the, the the institution of slavery at that time well they made a compromise Part of that compromise was saying that giving giving the South 20 years to get their act together or or until they give them 20 years to get get slavery, um, you know, off uh, their their economy and start. And and then Congress, Congress would have authorization to make new laws regarding slavery. And you'll you'll see that in the declaration or in the in 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 the Constitution actually says. 
Congress shall make no laws regarding that until the year 1808. So that was 20 years. Um, and then they also put a thing in there because, you know, the House of Representatives is, is, is based on population. Whatever your population is, you, you get seats in Congress, right? At the time, it was 30,000 people was equal to one seat. And um, this three-fifths of all other persons clause that it, black people look or the left puts that out there and says, see, they were, you're only worth, they only thought black people were worth three-fifths of all person, uh, three-fifths of a person. No. <laughs> what it was was saying, hey, South, we don't want you to get power in Congress and install slavery so it's gener it's 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 completely uh engulfed our country. Yeah. And so we're gonna give you less power in Congress by putting a by putting some restraints on on what you can count as your population. The the North or the, the South wanted to count slaves who they consider property, but they wanted to count them as free people. And the framers were like, no, we're not doing that. You can count them as three fifths. That's that's as much as we're gonna give you. Um and 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 people need to know that that it's hard. It, it's it's really unfair without the context and with to, to to Monday morning quarterback our founding when you know damn well that there's nothing else that compares to this. Point to something else that compares to it. Point to anything that's better, and we, you won't find it. We now have the oldest written constitution in the world that is in place, and. <laughs> Myriads of, of, of nations have tried to emulate or take, take our constitution as a template for their own. So we've not only have we expanded liberty, but we push it out and influence more nations to do the same thing. Um, it didn't happen over, overnight, you know, going back to what I was just talking about with slavery, you know, slavery, the South didn't get on board. They tried to fight it and we did ban importation, but then they started doing, you know, keeping it in the country and just, and eventually they're led to a civil war. That's a sad thing, but it was needed. And we can't, we can't forget the sacrifices of those who were slaves and those who fought to end slavery. That was the biggest war this country has ever seen. It, 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 we more died from there than any of the, all the wars combined. We can't dismiss that. Critical race theory doesn't even take any of the progress we've done in consideration. It really puts us back to, to, to I, I want to say it puts, it puts blacks back onto the plantation. You know, that's what I think it does. And what people don't even, a lot of people don't realize in which, it, in which they don't teach you either. Over 600,000 Confederate soldiers, I mean, soldiers died in the Civil War to free 4 million slaves. They were mostly white. 30,000 mm -hmm. free slaves fought in that war as well. But people, they don't teach you that. They don't teach you how many white people died so you can have the freedom today to talk about them and discuss. It's ridiculous. You know, you know, a couple more things I want to run by you because we again I could talk about this stuff all day long. But <laughs> give me three good three things you want to change. If you become the new senator of District 23, tell me something. Three, give me three issues that you would like to change in a positive manner. And give me three. Or two or three that that uh, you want to do for the state of Utah. I think number one is I want to restore political freedom in the state. Um, I, I think that uh, right now in Utah we don't have political freedom, and what I mean by that is because uh, right now the state tells political parties how they can nominate their their candidates, 
that is an egregious violation of our our First Amendment right. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but you know, a group of people wanted to get rid of the caucus convention process, um, and they weren't successful in doing that through an initiative. So they did this backroom deal with the legislature in 2014. Now, to be fair, a lot of legislators felt like they were trying, they were saving uh, that system, but in fact, they didn't. And they have now installed a, a system that's a money to ballot election process. Sure, we do have our caucus convention process, um, but it, it, what people don't understand is the state is telling us that we can't elect our people just by that. We have to have this other mechanism where people gather signatures and go around our own party system that we've, we've uh, delegated for this. And two things. Number one, that it's wrong to do that to, to the state, a government to tell a private organization, a private political party to, to nominate their people a certain way. That's a version of our political freedom. Our, we call it freedom of association. Number two, having people, what people don't know is that the benefit of having that system we have in play has helped Utah become an amazing state. And I'm not saying that it's perfect, but it allows us to have more accountability for, for people running for office. And we need that. Uh, so that's one thing. I, I think CRT is a big thing that's on my plate. Um, the more and more I dig into this issue, the more and more I realize that I have to be a strong advocate for parents, for, for good teachers, for for freedom in education and and to protect our children because i think that is a precious thing that um that we can't just be wishy-washy about um the, the more freedom and choice we have in education the better off we're going to be look at businesses you know look at look at consumers and how they how they buy products you know when there's competition when there's more choices you're going to be able to get better products and I think the same thing is, applies to education. I, I want to see us have our education restored in Utah. And that is a big thing for me. Um, in terms of some things I'd love to see, um, I, I think that uh, we always want to maintain a good economy here, of course, and keep a low tax burden and low regulation burden on our businesses. I think Utah, for the most part, has done a good job. I want to continue that. Some other things I think that are critical for helping us maintain uh, integrity in our state and, and, and good liberty principles would be to take, take, uh, have our, um, superintendent over the state education to be an elected office, mm. uh, to be elected from the people like the AG. Um, I think that that would put more accountability into that. And if that requires, um, a constitutional amendment, we can do that. I think we'd be able to pass that. And I would support that and push that. Another you think thing the is, state would go along with that. You think legislator would go along with that? What are your thoughts I, on it? I think that parents and people around the state would go along with that. I think that that here in Utah we have uh, there might be some pushback from folks who are are galvanized and close mm -hmm. to the education infrastructure, if you will. Um, but I do think that would be a great thing to, to install. I also. Um, in terms of our elections, right now we have lieutenant governor handles the elections. Well, that's kind of weird because when <laughs> lieutenant, lieutenant governor is running for office. <laughs> it seems to be a con conflict of interest. You would think, right? I, I do think. And I just think it's commonsensical that we have what a lot of other states have, which is a secretary of state. 
So you have a secretary of state that handles elections and other things like that so that it's, it's, it's an elected office by itself. It's not part of the executive team, if you will, that encompasses the, 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 the governor and the, and the lieutenant governor. I think that would be a great thing. And if, if that requires an amendment, I think we could pass that as well. So those are some things that I think are important. Otherwise, I, I also, when it comes to illegal immigration, I'm, strong, uh, I'm a strong pro uh, proponent of making sure that we protect legal immigration, we, we side with freedom, but we also need to make sure that we're not making Utah sanctuary state just because businesses want to have low overhead labor and, and basically keep these people in the shadows. We want people to come here legally. We want to keep our, our state, you know, um, you know, by the, with the rule of law. And there's been attempts to, to change that in Utah. And it, it, it's not good. We can't have open border policy with, like the Biden administration has done. First of all, it's a humanitarian crisis, number one. Number two, we don't vet the people that come in our country. Um, and number three, people, the people that do come through legally, they become, and I'm not saying this is straight across the board, but my experience is most of the people that come through that system, they love this country. They put the sacrifices into doing that. And they become amazing Americans and patriots that can help perpetuate freedom for generations. And, I, you know, as far as the immigration, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, I truly believe that, you know, I have no problem with you coming to this country. Just do it in the manner that reflects our Constitution and our laws. That's the only issue I have with it. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, you know, the Biden administration and allowing people to come over and uh, that in itself creates a crisis. Telling people it's okay to come here, come here. You know, we don't have a border anymore. You know, border patrol is just going to let you walk through. That's just another problem waiting to happen down the road. Um, so, but I think a lot of people are, are under the impression that because we say we want you to come here legally, that's like saying we don't want you here. That's not the same thing. No, that's no, not, not the same thing. And so people need to realize, and you know, I'm actually going to do get with the uh, Inacio over at Lexit. Um, that's the Latino version of Blexit. Oh, cool. I want to get, I didn't know I that. get with those guys and have a conversation with them because, you know, I myself don't have any problem with you coming here. Just do it legally. You know, correct. Just do it legally because you, you will have less heartache in your life once you get here. You won't well, read the bullseye. And I agree. And, and I also want to say that, that if that means we need to make some changes, let's do it. I've heard some people say, well, it's so hard to get here. Well, you know what? Um, we, we, there's certain things that we have to have in our immigration process. There's other things that we can probably change and streamline. But we also have to be considerate of our economy. You can't have, a, you can't have a, an ongoing, um, you know, just come in without any type of cap mm -hmm. because you have an economy that has to be supported. And so we have to be mindful of that. So, there, there, you know, those considerations have to be involved in the policy. You know, we're, we're coming to an end. And, um, you know, I want people to be able to get in touch with you. Um, sure. You know, how do people find you? How do they donate to your campaign? Um, tell us sure. how to reach you. Well, I appreciate that, John. Thanks for the, the shout out. Um, so, again, my name is Brandon Beckham. They can go to BrandonBeckham.com. My website's still being 
Uh, we're going to update it, of course, for the campaign. Um, they can donate there. They can also find me on Facebook, just Brandon Beckham. I, I do have a campaign page. It's also Brandon Beckham. So I, I have, I'm on there. I'm on Instagram. Again, it's just Brandon Beckham. Um, and, and I, I can also, you know, respond to any, they can, they can communicate with me there anytime they want. And, and, and I can, I'm, I'm really good about responding and messaging back and love to have conversations with people around the state on these issues. Are you going to do a tour around the state eventually? I'm definitely going to, uh, I, I definitely want to talk to delegates when I'm, when I'm, when I'm running in the election process through the count, the convention process, I talk to delegates that are in the, the, um, district I'm, I'm in. So I'll engage them, but also, yes, um, especially with CRT, we're going to, I want to go around the state and see what other issues people are talking about when it comes to Utah, because it's not just my views. I'm, I represent people. I represent our state right. uh, if I'm elected. And I want to make sure that I'm talking about there's public lands and all, all kinds of things that need to be addressed. You know, well, you know, I want to say thank you for being here. Like I said, I know you personally. I know you're a good dude. You're a solid dude. You're going to do what you say. You've done plenty of work in this state just being Brandon Beckham. So I can only imagine what you would do as a state senator. So. We will post links of your website and your donations on our website. And so when people listen to the audio, they can get in touch with you. Brandon, I want to appreciate you being here. Once again, thank you for being here. And my name is John Harvey. I'm the host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. <laughs>